it is a joy for me to be here with you. <clears throat> I was here with you last Sunday night. Um, I come occasionally because you do worship on Sunday night, and that's a nice thing for preachers to be able to come and experience a time of worship. Uh, the goal was to be uh, fill-in for Josh when he was out on paternity leave, uh, but as you see, he's not out. Uh, I tried to get him to wait and call me whenever, uh, even at the 11th hour, if that's when it happened, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to have today, so I'm here, and I'm delighted to be here among you. I want to read uh, a passage of Scripture. It's John uh, 20, verses 19 and following, and it is uh, immediately at the end of the day on Easter, on that very first Easter, after Jesus had risen from the dead, and it is a couple of the occurrences where he appeared to his disciples. That's where we pick up. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers in them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, and suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. By the end of the day on that very first Easter, the disciples were overwhelmed. I imagine, as you might, they had a barrage of emotions going through their mind and through their bodies. We find them in this passage of John huddling behind locked doors, afraid, fearful. Why? Why were they afraid? Why were they behind locked doors? I mean, Jesus had just come back from the dead as he had said he would. They had seen him. They had heard. And yet here they are. The greatest event in history has happened. And they find themselves behind locked doors, huddled in fear. Fear has a way of paralyzing us, keeping us from doing what we are called to do. And Jesus shows up. He comes in without opening the door. It's an amazing moment. How, I don't know. Neither do you. 
figure it out. You know, imagine in your mind. He, but he's there. He pops in. And he says to them in the midst of their fear, peace be with you. In other words, he says, hold on. You don't have to have this fear that you're experiencing. I'm offering you something different. I'm offering you peace. Peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He's calming their fears. He's meeting them in the midst of their fears, calming their fears, and then getting them ready to go out, to be on mission for God. He doesn't just send them out without anything. He says, the next line, the next verse, says, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he wants them to be confident. He wants them to recognize that they are sent, that they aren't supposed to be huddled in fear behind locked doors, and that they are to be empowered. And then a little later, he has this encounter. It's the uh, second of uh, the encounters that evening that he has with the disciples. He has an encounter with Thomas. Thomas is among them, with them this time. And he says to Thomas, don't be faithless any longer. You see, brothers and sisters, when Jesus meets us in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our doubt, he declares peace. Jesus doesn't just meet us in the midst of our fear and doubt, but he sends us out and he commissions us because faith, brothers and sisters, is more, it's more than a bumper sticker. It's more than a ticket to heaven. It's more than a t-shirt. It, it is an active way of life. It's more than being huddled in fear behind locked doors. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. In order for us to go into the world and make a difference, we have to leave the comfort of this place that we call church. We have to leave the confines of our places of security. We have to leave and unlock the doors. We have to go out into the world embracing the new life that Jesus gives us. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of empowerment. Jesus doesn't just send us out there on our own. He sends us with the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to do the ministry that he gives us to do. In other words, we have the power, a power beyond our own to do what Jesus did and sends us to do. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the ability to do amazing things that on our own we would not be able to do. Church, we are sent. We are a sent people. It's okay to come back here once in a while but this isn't where we're supposed to be on a regular basis. This isn't, yes, come every Sunday. <laughs> but don't hang out here. Don't huddle together in fear. There's a whole wide world out there that needs to see Jesus in us. And, he, and they won't see Jesus when we're here behind these doors. We're a sent people equipped by the Holy Spirit to continue the work of Jesus. 
Jesus enters the disciples' lives and our lives to speak peace to our fears so that we can leave our places of hiding and go out with confidence to work in the power of the Holy Spirit. Two weeks ago, one of the, the officials in the denomination in which I belong blogged about the marginalization of the church. He was bemoaning the fact that the church seems to be in our culture less and less significant. He was saying our culture doesn't respect the church. Our culture doesn't look to the church. Our culture pushes the church off to the edges. And he's right. But we did that to ourselves. It's not our culture's fault. It's the church's fault. It's our fault. We spend too much time hiding behind locked doors in fear. We spend too much time in our holy huddles making no difference in anyone's life but our own and the few close friends that are with us in the huddle. Or if we don't spend that time in the holy huddles, we go out into the world and we stand on our soapboxes and we point fingers and we point, put people down and we push people away and we judge and we exclude. Yes, the church is marginalized in our society, but it's because we, the church, have lost sight of Jesus. We no longer look like him or the people he sent out to continue his work. But when we embrace the peace that Jesus offers, when we recognize our sentness, and when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, amazing things can happen. I want to tell you about some of those amazing things tonight. A year ago, last November, an amazing thing happened that your church was a part of. Four churches decided to work together even more than we had been doing. We had been doing, that's dark, I know, but you can see it's a shelter. Uh, we had been doing the shelter together for a number of years. Uh, when Community of Joy in 2008 bought the property next to Bethany Lutheran, we didn't have a kitchen, so we partnered with Bethany Lutheran to utilize their kitchen so we could do the shelter together. Then Beacon of Light started meeting there uh, sometime in the last eight years, and they decided to join us in this journey. And then three years ago, you all started meeting at Bethany Lutheran Church. And I don't know who issued the invitation, but somehow you guys got involved in this shelter project, and it's a beautiful thing. And I say always, surely God smiles when churches work together, and I believe that with all my heart. And so amazing things start to happen when different churches, very different churches, you have you guys as a cooperative Baptist fellowship, my congregation, Community of Joy, is a Church of the Brethren congregation. I mean, what's that? And then you got the Seventh-day Adventists and you got the Lutherans and you got this, this group of people who believe in Jesus but who practice faith in very different ways. And it doesn't matter that we practice faith in different ways, but we're working together. It's beautiful when we can say, just Jesus. And so we did that for the last eight or so years together as a, each of the, uh, as, a, as a collective of four churches. And in November, our pastors were together of the four churches and we thought about, is there, are there more things that we can do 
cooperatively. And so we held a, a, a fellowship meal and about 40 people showed up and we pitched a few projects and one of those projects was a community garden on a vacant city-owned lot. And so all of a sudden, these four churches now who were working together very beautifully in a shelter are gonna work together in a community garden transforming a vacant city-owned lot into a destination for a neighborhood, a community garden. And it's beautiful. Right down the street, Camden Community Garden. You see, your church's name is on the sign. The four churches that I named are a part of that collective that is doing that amazing work. Together, we raised about $16,000. And we took that lot that looked like that when we began, when we leased it from the city, and we transformed it into that. It's amazing. We had vegetables all summer long. Neighbors who were disconnected, who didn't know one another, came down to the garden and became connected community. All because four churches decided to leave the comfort and the confines of their walls and their holy places, their holy huddles, and go out because Jesus sent us out to do his work. As the Father has sent me, he said, so I send you. And he breathed the Holy Spirit on them. And then we engage children. It's right next to a playground. You know, children these days are bored. They have nothing to do. And when they're bored, they get into trouble. I found, we've found, that children love to learn about vegetables, about growing, about food. And so we've engaged them in this community garden. They absolutely love harvesting vegetables. Look at the smiles on their faces. Those are cucumelons. They're little teeny tiny cucumbers that look like watermelons. They're a favorite snack. I only met three children all summer that didn't like them. Look at the intensity of that young man's putting that seed down. We had a whole class of fifth graders and I taught them how to plant radishes and that's what he's planting. I taught them all, all the same thing. I wish I had saved a picture of how it grew from what they lit, how they planted them because some of them, like this little man, was putting them right exactly where I told him to put them. Others of them dropped a whole handful down and just kind of moved them around. Some of them planted them way apart. Some of them planted them way too close. It was, it was a hodgepodge. But they're engaged and they're enjoying what they're doing and they're seeing themselves as making a difference. We've been revitalizing the neighborhood in that community garden. You see, it's exciting when, I think it's exciting when churches work together, when we let go of the things that divide us and we come together to, to honor Jesus and to uh, serve uh, our community Amazing things have happened beyond that community garden, and this, this picture is one of them. Um, the principal at Pinehurst Ele or Pemberton Elementary School, I say Pinehurst because we're faith-based partners at Pinehurst, and that's kind of where I'm cued, but at Pemberton Elementary School, sent word to me that he was interested in doing a community garden at Pemberton Elementary School. Now, I had talked to Dr. Fredrickson of the Board of Education, the superintendent here in the county, 
And he was not interested in doing school gardens at all. In fact, he said in the meeting that I was uh, pushed upon with him, um, he said, I'll have my secretary, he took my card and said, I'll have my secretary call you next week and set up an appointment. Well, next week has yet to come. And that's been six or seven months ago. And he didn't forget because I went home from that meeting and I, said, I sent a letter to him and thanked him for talking to me and said, I look forward to our meeting next week. But the power of God, when the people of God go out and work and love and show the world Jesus is amazing because the principal at Pemberton wanted a community garden. So we decided that there was this location on their property that was over next to an apartment complex that had a fence. And, and uh, I think I'm out of order. There's the fence and there's the apartment complex. The school was just on the, your left of that picture. Those children that live in that apartment complex have to walk all the way around and down Pemberton Avenue, Pemberton uh, Drive to get to school. No bus comes, but they could walk just a few, few hundred feet uh, from their apartment through a fence, but there's no gate. The school has been asking for a year to put a gate there. And the, the apartment complex owns the fence, and they said no. The school's offered to pay for the gate. They said no. So I said to the principal at Pemberton, I said, what happens if we put a community garden next to that fence, and we tell them that that community garden is available for them and their residents, and if we had a gate, it would be easier to access for their residents? So that was this meeting. I called together Mayor Jake Day, Jack Heath, city council president, the president of the school board, John Fredrickson came, the superintendent, and the principal, and the person who's in charge of facilities in the county. Met there, we pitched our idea. Dr. Fredrickson said in all of our hearing, I think a community garden is a wonderful idea. I immediately went to the po uh, parking lot and po uh, posted it on Facebook so that it was out there in the public stratosphere and he couldn't come back on it. Then uh, the next week, this last week, Mayor Day and Chief Duncan met with the owners of this apartment complex. And on Friday, I got an email from Mayor Day saying that they have agreed in principle to the idea of a gate in this fence. And so I shot back an immediate reply, and Dr. Fredrickson was in the loop of this. And I said, I guess the garden was the carrot that got them in the game. And he sent me back an email and said, the garden was the sauce that made it happen. Thank you. You see what happens when the church goes out? Out of our holy places, out of our huddles, out of our fear-filled spaces and is on mission for Jesus? We can influence the world in huge ways. Because of our work together, brothers and sisters, you heard last week I know because I was here that we're going to be doing a feeding, summer feeding program in the Camden Community Garden this summer and Susie Peterson is taking the lead on that. And that to me is beyond exciting 
Many of these children don't have food. And so we're going to give them lunch. And then we're hoping that you will come and play with these children, engage these children for an hour or so, and take away their boredom. I think that's a beautiful thing. And it's all because we ventured out of our holy huddles and our sacred spaces to work together, to say, just Jesus, that's all that matters. The influence of that little community garden is starting to transform this city. And I can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you the honest truth. Two weeks ago, I got a call from a real estate agent who manages apartment complex on College Avenue. He just took it over. It had lots of drug and crime problems, and he said, we're cleaning it up. He interviewed me in the Camden Community Garden the week before, and he caught the vision of what we're doing in that community garden. And he said to me, he said, Martin, he said, I want to tear out a tennis court and cut down a couple of trees in the middle of these three apartment buildings to put in a community garden because I caught the vision and I think a community garden can take this apartment complex to the next level. And then he said this, it cost us $8,000 for our first year in the Camden Community Garden to put it in, to put the soil, to put the irrigation and all that. He said, I'm gonna foot it all. No cost to the complex. All you have to do is find a church or a group that'll anchor it. And that's where we are. We're looking for that now. That wouldn't have happened, brothers and sisters, if we hadn't left our holy places, if we'd stayed huddled in fear behind locked doors and not gone out into the world with the love of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to share Jesus' love. That apartment complex would have a tennis court that they don't use. And now in a few months, they're going to have a beautiful garden where people can come together, where I hope I can find a church that'll anchor that because it's a great way. You know, in the church, we talk about wanting to engage our community. There's no better way to engage our community than in a community garden. Because there you are working with a, a similar purpose side by side. You don't have to push Jesus on them. You just have to show them Jesus. You know, you don't have to hand them a track. You don't have to ask them the question that we all dread. You know, if you die tonight, where are you going to go? All you have to do is love and be you. Transformed you. It's amazing what can happen. And if that isn't enough, last week I got a phone call from another uh, agency in town that has a lot at 523 Church Street that they want to give to me. I don't want it. What am I going to do with a lot? I said, but maybe you give it to the city and the city will lease it to a church for a dollar a year so that the city doesn't have liability and we can turn it into a community garden. It's a beautiful location. It's a beautiful small lot. It's got great sun exposure. Again, we're looking for a church. The Camden Neighborhood Association has decided that it wants to rejuvenate itself. It was, uh, when we came to the Camden neighborhood, it was not a, a body that you wanted to be a part of. It was in the newspaper all the time and not for positive reasons. But it ceased being about five years ago and now they're wanting to resurrect themselves because of what the community garden has done. And they've invited us to be a part of the conversations. 
And you know, my denominational executive was bemoaning the fact that the church is being marginalized, but not here. See, the church is marginalized because we marginalize ourselves. We point fingers, we put people down, we push people away. But when we do what Jesus says, when we embrace the peace that he offers and we go out as he sends us out, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the church is not marginalized. Because when people see Jesus, they fall in love with him. And when people hear about Jesus in the way we tell it, they don't always fall in love. But when they see him, loving and embracing and welcoming and empowered by the Holy Spirit, they fall in love. Because of our work together in the garden, the Camden Community Garden, because of our work together as the Corner Church Collective, we have become noticed and we have become welcomed into our community. We've been embraced by our community. I was selected as one of nine from 30 applicants for the first Salisbury TEDx talk in January. And I talked about growing more than veggies. I shared our story. On the TEDx stage, I named the name of Jesus and talked about the beautiful picture of our four churches working together. I have a relationship with city officials that is a friendly relationship. You know, the church isn't, and it isn't looked at with suspicion. City officials look to us to be a part of solving problems. Josh and I met with Mayor Day in his office and a city assistant city administrator, Julia Glantz, a couple weeks ago to talk about the idea of bringing a, um, a child after school program here to the Camden area. They're looking to us for solutions to the problems of our city. And we can look to them for solutions to our problems. Just last Wednesday, we dogged garden, the Boundless Community Garden. It's a beautiful picture. It's St. Francis Catholic Church, get this, working with four Protestant churches, three Methodists and one uh, Presbyterian behind the Chipman Center off of Route 13 to do a community garden just like we did at Camden. I believe surely God smiles when churches work together. They, they uh, began, uh, built their garden on Wednesday and uh, they didn't get their order in for soil. They had a workday scheduled for yesterday that they then changed to this afternoon and they were gonna shovel this, these dump truck loads of dirt into the beds and they didn't get the dirt ordered and it couldn't be delivered on Friday. So you know what that means. That means you have to cancel your workday. I said, I don't want to stop the momentum from happening. So I called Mayor Day and I said, I need a miracle. He said, what's that? I said, I need the city to take a dump truck to 45 minutes away to Frankfort, Delaware and get two loads of soil and bring to the Boundless Garden. He said, I'll get back to you. And there it is. They got two loads of soil in the city dump truck. And he said, we could tell the story. You see, the church is marginalized of our own doing, but when the church is reflecting Jesus' love into the community, we're invited in, we're embraced, we're welcomed, and lives can change 
That's the boundless garden as it existed after the two dump trucks. And there is another beautiful picture. That was the day we built. Those are 19 young men from Bennett High School who I were told, was told were on the edge of being not allowed to be in school. And when you're on the edge of not being allowed to be in school, would you think that they would be allowed to come out into the community to work? No, you would think they would be punished and have to stay in school and write sentences or whatever. But on Wednesday, 19 of them were allowed to come to the Boundless Community Garden. And they, you could tell the moment they got there, they had never seen a power tool or not used a power tool. And, and all they did was pull the trigger on the cordless drills until they almost ran the batteries down. And we stopped them. And, and by the end of the day, they were into it. They were engaged. They were embracing this community garden all because of the love of Jesus, brothers and sisters. We also, because of this garden, have a place at the table at the Greater Salisbury Committee where they're having conversations about at-risk children and helping and advocating for at-risk children and awesome ministries like the Epoch Dream Center in Hebron. If you don't know about Epoch Dream Center... You need to know about it. EpochDreamCenter.com. It's a beautiful thing. We're working to bring something like that here. You see, we're creating a network of community gardens in this city because we believe that that's one way we can love our community as Jesus loves our community. He sent us out, out of our holy huddles, out from behind our locked doors as the Father sent him out of heaven to earth. We're sent with a mission to share his love, empowered by his spirit. We are welcomed with open arms, brothers and sisters, no marginalization here. But none of that would happen if we stayed behind our locked doors, huddling in fear and doubt, keeping God's power from working in and through us. I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled that you're a part of the Corner Church Collective. I'm absolutely thrilled that you are willing to leave your, the comfort of this place and go out into the community to show and share the love of Jesus with our neighbors and with our friends. I give thanks to God for you and for your courageous pastors who aren't willing to do church as normal, who are willing to say just Jesus and that's all that matters. Thanks be to God for you, for your church, and for what you're doing in this community.